It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Podcasts. Let's talk to our next guest. He was down there last night. He was also in the locker room post game, obviously, as the team was celebrating and uh, saw uh, you know everything going on. He's been to every Phillies home game thus far. Also, our Eagles reporter, and we'll get into some Eagles Jets action with him as well. Elliot Shore Parks, what up, Elliot? And I was also in section one twenty six. Just oh. so you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that is <laughs> where exactly? it out. Yeah, exactly. All right, Elliot. Yeah. Um, Let's actually start with how it ended, with a party. Um, yeah. True or false, you saw Trey Turner, you knew that Jack Fritz was nearby, and you said, hey, we got to make sure we connect Trey Turner and Jack Fritz back to the stand innovation thing. Trey and Jack Fritz had never met, and you said to James, let's make that happen right now. True. That's true, and that's the whole story. No. <laughs> um, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I think there's so many ways this, this run has been special. The players, the fans, you know, the way the games are going. But I'll be honest, for me, and I think other people, like the standing ovation, Jack and Trey, has just been something that made, I'll always remember about this run the rest of my life. So, you know, mm-hmm. Jack had never met him in the locker room last night. I'll give Jack credit, like, for as much attention as he's getting, and, as, and I see him at the ballpark, like, he is, he is not, not going to his head. He's not walking around like he owns the place. And I was like, Jack, man, you've got to meet Trey. So I was happy that they met. It was, really, it was a really cool moment. Like, I've been a lot of cool things. I've been a part of a lot of cool things. But it was really cool to see them meet after everything that's happened. It is really neat that they got a chance to get together. But did uh, Joe's, Joe DeCamera's name get brought up at any point <laughs> in the conversation, uh, Elliot? <laughs> Yeah, that's the first thing Trey said. He said, Jack, nice to meet you, but just so you know what, Joe. <laughs> he actually called him the hammer, so that was, that was a nice little touch. Well, here's the deal. Jack could, you know, could have started the website, you know, isavetheseason.com, but I already purchased that domain. So, uh, <laughs> you know. All right, so, yeah. so Elliot, from, from within the game action, and by the way, Ranger's getting shortchanged here. Let me just say, we probably haven't even mentioned his name for an hour, um, which is a shame because he really delivered. But within the game, Elliot, what stood out to you last night? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Castellanos and what he's done last night for the last two nights. But I, for me, when he was, you know, when he hit the second home run and, you know, the whole Liam thing and everyone's going crazy, I kept thinking about last year, like how much he struggled last year and how, like, look, he deserved the criticism he got. But while so many players last year got special moments, Reese got his moments, Bryce got his moments. I mean, basically everybody got his moments. Castellanos, he had that catch, but it was, it was in Atlanta. Like, 
he just well, he had three. He had three of them. He had three of them. But otherwise, he didn't hit. He didn't hit at all. Right, right. But I'm saying like he didn't have moments like last night, in my opinion, because the, I, I, the I story of the postseason was his struggle. So I was really happy for Castellanos that he got yeah. the standing ovation and he got those moments that other people got more frequently the year before. Right, let me ask you this: Does it John. feel like we're already overlooking this Diamondbacks team and, and jumping to the World Series? Uh, I, I do. Yeah, I, I'm already uh, ahead of myself. Incredible, because my next question was going to be World Series. So what's your answer to that one, Elliot? I swear to God, <laughs> Elliot, what's your answer to that one? I'll say this, like, I am more worried about the Diamondbacks than I was the Braves. The Braves are one of the most lifeless, juiceless teams I've ever seen of that's considered to be a good team. They completely rolled over in this series. I think the Diamondbacks, I don't think they're as talented as the Braves. They're certainly not as talented as the Phillies. And the Phillies are oozing special. So it's not like the Diamondbacks have the quality the Phillies don't. But I think the Diamondbacks remind me a lot of the Phillies last year or even this year to the extent of, like, they have no pressure. And this is the first chance we'll get to see the Phillies with pressure. This is, you know, mm-hmm. the Marlins series, I guess, this year they, they were supposed to win. The last year they were never the favorite. They were not the favorite against the Braves. Now they're the favorite. And so I'm interested to see how they kind of wear the crown of being expected to win, but also, like, maybe even win in four or five. Like, I think people are completely looking past this. Well, let me look past him right now because that's in my wheelhouse. <laughs> um, all right. First off, James, a question for you. ALCS, does it start Sunday or Tuesday? Uh, I believe it starts Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get on the record right now. And, Elliot, we're going to start with you. Your preference for who wins the ALCS and why? I mean, obviously everyone gets the implications. If it's the Astros, it's a rematch. Some yeah. people might be more scared by that. Some people might be less scared by that, depending on how you size the two teams up. It's obviously more intriguing if it's the rematch. Let's remember we haven't had a rematch of a Philadelphia sports team in the championship round against a, 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 the same squad two years in a row since the 82 Sixers and then the 83 Sixers both played the Lakers. Elliot, your personal preference and why, whether it's the Rangers or the Astros? So I think I'd rather face the Astros, and not just for the drama of it, because obviously a repeat would be awesome, but I think for two main reasons. One, the Phillies are better than they were last year, and the Astros are worse. And the Phillies almost won that series last year. Like, it wasn't like they got just rolled over in the World Series. They, they were, you know, this close to winning it. So I do believe that they can win, win it this year. But also, I'll go to a point we've talked about with the Eagles so much. It is so hard to go all the way back and win it. And I think that you're, you're getting a fatigued Astros team by the time they would get there. You're getting a team that obviously split, you know, went on the deep postseason run last year. And I think it would be extra motivation for the Phillies, and they would walk in with confidence and extra passion into that series. So okay. I'd rather face Astros. Hey, everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, it's uh, it's just I don't know. It's gonna be fascinating. All right, Elliot, let's get to it. One or two quick birds questions because of course they play on Sunday. Let's start yeah. with Jalen Carter. Notable, and this probably flew under the radar yeah. for most fans yesterday because Jalen Carter did not practice yesterday. We were all thinking a hundred percent about the uh, Phillies, but he practiced on Wednesday. He did, and then not yeah. on Thursday at all. At all with an ankle injury. Elliot, what do you know about the ankle? And is Jalen Carter going to play on Sunday against the Jets? 
So today's a big day for that. Uh, Sirianni talks at 10 o'clock. We'll get the final injury report. We'll see them out at practice. So I think we'll get, obviously, a lot more information today. But I think it's concerning. I mean, you know, in my experience covering the team, when an injury happens during the week and a player misses practice completely, like I, I would guess the percentage of times that's happened and the player plays on Sunday is, is not high. I think at this point, um, the hope should be it's just only one game, right? I mean, he's playing outstanding, uh, an ankle injury. I mean, I don't want to, you know, jump ahead, but we saw last year when Jordan Davis suffered an ankle injury and he missed time, how much that impacted the rest of his season. So Jalen's not as big as Jordan, but he's still a defensive lineman. Um, if he can just miss one week, uh, you know, I think that's, that's ideal. Where, where I would really get worried uh, about Jalen Carter is if this is something where, you know, God forbid he has to go on, on IR, or he misses two or three oh. weeks, how that just impacts him from a conditioning standpoint in the middle of the season, especially with a foot injury. So you, so you feel as though he will miss this week? That's your, your inkling? So I'll, I'll get more information when I go down there today, yeah, to be completely sure. honest. I don't, I'm, I'm just saying in my Look, look at Richard trying to do you dirty. He's trying to pin you down like <laughs> you just not. reported. I'm just he, really – Elliot Sherparks no, is reporting Jalen. No, no, no. I'm really I curious because <laughs> we're yeah, light. Jalen is played outstanding. So I, I understand the, the panic about it. I'm just saying in my experience covering a team, when an yeah. injury is suffered in the middle of the week, that player normally does not play that week. Yeah. Well, so Tua Pelotu was on the injury report uh, last week. We know that Fletcher yeah. Cox had the epidural last week. It's the, you know, the D tackles we are thinning out. What's the Fletcher Cox situation looking like? Are you confident that he'll be ready for the game on Sunday? Yeah. Well, he looked healthy in the Phillies locker room last exactly. night. If that's, any, <laughs> if that's any indication. Yeah. So, um, no, my guess is he will play. Uh, I believe he was a full participant uh, yesterday, if, if I'm not mistaken. But, and look, I don't want to completely diminish the Jets, but if there's one team or one offense that you want to face that, uh, that when you don't have all your main guys, it's the, it's the Jets uh, offense. They have a good running game, so I guess defensive tackle would be a spot where you'd prefer not to be you know, thin at. But the Eagles have been excellent against the run this year, really no matter who's been out there. Zach Wilson is not somebody that should put up a lot of points. I think they're going to create a lot of turnovers. So maybe if you're, if you're missing Jalen Carter, uh, Darius Slay as well, I mean, it's worth discussing. He's not practiced this week. Um, so I think they'll be missing some guys. But I think against this Jets offense, uh, you know, you should still hold them under 20, 24 points. And this Eagles offense, as good as the Jets defense is, should trip into 24 points. So the Jets' defense, that's sort of their calling card. Does that make you nervous in any way about this game? If the Jets' offense wasn't so bad, I think there'd be reason to be concerned because I I don't think the Eagles will get into the 30s against this Jets' defense. I mean, this Jets' defense is legit, legit, like at every spot. Their defensive line, it's probably the closest the Eagles have faced to their own defensive line in the way that, like, they faced the Rams last week who had Aaron Donald, but the Rams had nobody else outside of that. Mm-hmm. The Jets have great interior and a great interior rusher in Quinn Williams, but also oh. they have guys on the outside. So it's really tough to double-team Williams because you have other guys you have to worry about. Their cornerback trio might be the best corner, in the, corner trio in the league. If Maddox was healthy, the Eagles would have that argument. But they have three, like, you know, elite guys at corner. Their safeties are awesome. Their linebackers are awesome. So their defense is definitely legit. I just think because their offense can barely score, you don't worry mm-hmm. as much about being held to 24 points because you don't think the Jets will be able to get there. All right, Elliot, final thing here, prediction time. Um, N'Kobe Dean, if he plays in the game, is he back to being full-time starter, same number of snaps kind of guy? Is he mix and match, part-time starter, situational player, or even less than that, 
What's your gut tell you? And who wears that green I, dot? Yeah, so I, I think he'll wear the green dot. Um, and I, because of that, I believe he will be close to a full-time player. I think you'll, in training camp, him and Moreau got a lot of snaps together. And Moreau has, I think, played better than Zach Cunningham. Cunningham has been better than we expected. But of those two, I think Moreau has been better. So you can slide Moreau over. You can put Dean at the middle linebacker spot. Dean can do a lot of the things Moreau's been good at, which is blitzing and run defense. Moreau hasn't been great in the past. And I think they want to give Dean a chance here. Like, they, they believe in him to, to some extent because how they kind of backed him up and played him in training camp. So I think he will be out there. I think he'll have the green dot. And I think probably Cunningham is who you'll see have the snaps uh, uh, you know, cut. Well, I'll tell you this. I, I would certainly go with N'Kobe Dean because I think you got a greater upside for the next four to five years and play him and develop him. If you find out in five weeks he can't cut it, then you take him out of the lineup. But I, I, I don't think the risk of playing him and he doesn't play as well uh, should outweigh the reward of if he plays and develops and becomes a starter for years to come. I would play him. Elliot, yeah, stay well, I man. Agree. Always good awesome. having you on the show. We'll talk to you early next week. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, sounds good to talk to you guys. Right, Thanks, John. Elliot. Do you agree with that? Like, develop the yeah. guy. Get him out there and get him some experience and plan. Yeah, I still have no idea what this guy's made of. I don't, well, none of us do. Yeah, he got injured right away. I mean, there's there's just no way to know. Right.